0: all right we are back and we're actually both in the midwest this time good job us
1: we're still not well but this time we're not in the same time zone which is i've always i've never understood why michigan is not in central time we really should the sun sets you should be oh
0: yeah like it, it would make so much more sense for us to be in central time but we're like Westernmost eastern time zone state
1: it's crazy you have like 10 like literally sunsets at like 10 30 there in the summer yeah it's kind of crazy
0: yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I, I
1: never really understood that, but yeah, I'm. Uh, we're both in the Midwest. I'm up in uh, Green Bay, Wisconsin. I'm, out of the week.
0: I'm still in Lansing, Michigan. Woo. And uh, after um, after our last pod, we really hit the big topics of the off season. You know, the LeBron James, the Paul George. Uh, Clint Capella signed since then, but he went back to Houston for a, a really small deal. I mean, eighty million for five years, ninety if he hits all of his incentive bonuses, but. Smaller than we expected, so we wanted today to uh, to get into it, discuss some of the smaller moves. Um, yes, the smaller teams, smaller moves. Uh, and Richard actually, while we were prepping and greeting each other before we pressed record, uh, had a question that we we decided that needed needed to be discussed.
1: We might, yeah, we might as well use this as our jumping off point, just kind of like for the, this uh, topic of today's podcast, which is. Why the hell did Phoenix give Trevor a fifteen million dollars? This move makes no sense for either party. I mean, Nathan,
0: there's like the classic thought of you want to bring in a guy with veteran leadership, some defensive intangibles to help mentor and teach the young guys. I, I just can't imagine that one. You couldn't have offered him ten million and still signed him. Two, is he really the like the mental toughness and defensive? guy that you want to teach all of your young players? I mean, he is an
1: Isaiah Thomas product, uh, draft pick. Yeah. Um, I still, you know, one of the few things he was good at, we touched on that last podcast, but I don't really know what he's really going to add to Phoenix that's really going to give them this, I don't know, are they going to be a contender? Like fifty? I mean, it's a one-year deal, granted. Mm-hmm. It is a one-year deal, but like for Trevor Ariza, I would have just taken less money and gone back on Houston and competed for a championship. Even though technically he does have two
0: rings, right? Uh, no, he just got the one with the Lakers. Uh, the one he got the one when they beat the Magic, right? Yeah, and then uh, there was the funny deal where they signed the Lakers signed Ron Artest or Metal World Peace. Meta World Peace to a mid level <laughs> deal, and in response, Houston went out and signed Trevor Reza to a mid level deal making it look like we just traded the players for equal salaries, but they're both free agent signings.
1: Oh, man. Um, I just, uh, I question Robert Sarver's uh, sanity, really, to be honest with you, in, in, the, in this movie. You know, I just... Um, good for Ariza to pick up that much money. I mean, me? I'm
0: never going to say no to $15 million if you offer it to me. Like, if you were to offer me $15 million to go live in Idaho... In the middle of nowhere, like I'm sure Idaho's a nice place. I don't mean to insult any Idahoans, but like you could probably offer me fifteen million dollars to do just about any job for a year, and I'd take it. It's a lot of money.
1: Just don't know why. There's a lot it. of money to to play. I mean, the I guess you know the, all the salaries are basically inflated since the the cap, uh, like jumped. So. Yeah. That's going to be what it's going to be. I just don't
0: know um, where you fit him into the rotation. I pulled up the roster here, and, you know, with Josh Jackson, you're going to get some run at small forward. Or you've got TJ Warren, who will get some run at small forward, probably Booker. Well, Booker will probably stay mainly shooting in point guards, but, you know, you've got Mikael Bridges, who will get some run at the, the three. He's going to play a lot of Ariza at four.
1: It just—it doesn't make any sense. To
0: me. He's not going to get minutes. Even
1: for, like, do you think that this was just a cap filler move?
0: It very well could be trying to avoid the cap floor. But but still, that's a lot of money. Why not throw that at Jabari Parker and say, "Hey, you may never be anything, but you're young. But you—we'll we'll take right. a shot."
1: Wait, right, take a shot, and then, you know, he can play with Aiden and Booker and Parker. That's, like, not a bad core. And Josh Jackson, they've got a lot of young, good pieces
0: there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you're not going to contend, why throw the money at a guy who will help a contending team uh, and who's not really going to fit your, your timeline, your age range? Uh, I just looked at how many years of experience these guys have. They've got Tyson Chandler, who's entering his 17th season. Aside from that, they have... Um, where is he? Uh, Darrell Arthur, who's entering his ninth year. Then the next oldest player is is uh, Brandon Knight in his sixth year. And Knight, who knows if he'll play or not play or what his situation is going to be, but they're not making playoffs. Probably won't even make a playoff push.
1: True. Let's move to let's see. Well, we have. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of like different small moves. We never really got the chance to touch on uh, Tyreek Evans. Yeah. Uh,
0: you know. That's that's probably the biggest of the small moves. Um, Indiana actually put together a really quietly good offseason, um, Bringing back Thad Young, adding Tyreek Evans, Doug McDermott, Kyle O'Quinn, the Nick.
1: The Nick, baby, the Nick. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, he's a... He's, there's no one that's going to be like, oh, man, Kyle O'Quinn's going to make your team. But they've got two young bigs with uh, Miles Turner and Sabotis. O'Quinn's a bruising rebounder or that you can throw out there with one of those guys.
1: I mean, I'm going to miss O'Quinn definitely a little bit. Um, but I think that, you know, Indiana solely but surely, I think... Tyreek Evans is going to be a great compliment to to Oladipo's, mm-hmm. the uh, R and B the R and singer Victor Oladipo because he's an R and B singer first, then a basketball player second. Um, Victor Oladipo is by far, I mean, he was the NBA's most improved player, but he's I think Indiana with LeBron gone, I'm telling you, Indiana could be a dark horse as well, and with Tyreek Evans let's not forget his rookie campaign though it was many many moons ago he put up 25 and five mm-hmm. and like the whole league was going crazy it was like the one bright spot Sacramento had after uh, the great kings of the early 2000s and,
0: and you know last year with Memphis before they they shut him down he was playing great he was 19 and four points per game him uh, he looked like like one of those guys that you trade for at the deadline to try to try to make that championship push which they shut him down right at the deadline to try to make that trade and never pulled anything off but you know worst case scenario he's sliding in there and taking over all of Lance Stevenson's minutes who is their only real offseason loss
1: and he's very much a Lance Stevenson type player yeah. so you're kind of just replacing with a younger actually I don't know if he's younger there uh, but... Tyreek is 29 this year so hitting his prime. Okay, so Lance... right so i think that it's a shame that terry gavin's never really found like that right spot for him to really like, thrive and also win mm-hmm. you know cuz he was he was just chock full of potential one of the i think one of the better kentucky players if we're going to rank them like the all like the since carter has taken over the team <coughs> to come out i mean obviously ad and you know car anthony towns they're like
0: amazing of the guys but, that and john wall of the guys that are not known household names and superstars there's that they came yeah. out of kentucky he's probably one of the best ones
1: he's he's sol he was he's always been a solid player though his shooting was suspect in the beginning i think it's gotten a bit better now
0: yep, yep. last year he was was uh shooting him 39.9 percent basically 40 percent and from three so th- this could be his year him and uh, in Indiana could be a really nice fit, but for him and Oladipo out there, kind of interchangeably,
1: he will be a very strong second scorer. Yeah,
0: absolutely, for sure.
1: So that's really, I think that's going to be fantastic. Um, and I, I look a uh, competitive Indiana Pacers team. You know, this is this is it's good. It's a very good thing. Indiana loves their basketball.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, the Doug McDermott um, edition also is nice for them. Just, you know, he, he might have been a little bit overpaid, three years, $22 million, uh, kind of a, a high deal. But he provides some shooting and spacing, I and mean, you can put him out there. There with the bigs as maybe a small ball of four or, okay. or a three. I've always
1: said, especially for these Midwestern teams, for these large white populations, you need that and <laughs> white you. You absolutely need that token white dude. Indiana needs Doug McDermott. Like this is just a great fit. You know he look. McDermott went to basketball. Went what well, went to college at at uh, Creighton. Okay. Where his father was coach. At Creighton, for those who don't know, it was in Omaha, Nebraska. It is in Omaha, Nebraska. So. This is, like, a good, like, he's used to, like, he's a Midwestern dude, white dude who can shoot. You know, we've seen many of these, you know, type of players before. Um, I, side note, quick side note here, I had the pleasure, my uh, first week at at, uh, DePaul University where I went to college, uh, I was rushing a uh, fraternity, and one of the events was at uh, Hooters uh, in, uh, like, the River North, and lo and behold, Who is sitting down with his agent having wings with a hat trying to be conspicuous? Doug McDermott, who had just been drafted by the Chicago Bulls. This was back in 2014. So he seemed like a nice dude then, and I've seen him play. He was also on my Knicks briefly. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that in Indiana he'll be a nice fit, you know. It's a basketball town, and he's got a very nice basketball pedigree.
0: Yeah. Now we just have to get him on the pod.
1: Uh, that that's gonna be a stretch. I think we should go for uh, DJ DJ Banga first. Ah, the Taco Man himself. Or Kate Middleton, or or Kate Middleton. Listen,
0: they're basically the same level. DJ Banga and Kate Middleton. We'll get one of them on the pod. Honestly, I think Kate Middleton. Uh, she would have won more rings, but that five nine point guard skills, or however tall she is. I'm telling you, and the, don't forget the
1: fashion. The fashion really is like. That's what puts her over the top.
0: Maybe her and Russell Westbrook can be teammates and just hit it off on the fashion side of things.
1: I think that she would be the one person Russell Westbrook would defer to on the basketball court. Just saying. <laughs> Westbrook with the pass out to Middleton. Middleton with the three. Do you think that's oh, a, in the stilettos. Do you think that's how
0: he makes his teammate decisions? Based
1: on fashion? Have you seen what Russell Westbrook wears like daily? Yeah. Like, he clearly is a fashionista, so like, I don't think... That I think the issue is inherently that no one has as great a sense of style as Westbrook in the locker room. Therefore, he won't pass to anyone because he doesn't respect them. Fashion is what Westbrook really puts a you know a premium on. And so, if you throw a person like Kate Middleton in there in the locker room, I think he will respect her so much that he will actually pass
0: her. You know what? This is ridiculous. However, did you see her, uh, him at UCLA? When he played with Kevin Love, who went on to, you know, have his brief modeling career as, like, the token white athlete, um, he's a fashionable man. And they they meshed very well at UCLA. They're, yes, they it's did. It's plausible that that's just what Westbrook needs. It's he rates you first on fashion and then on skills. Precisely. So, like, in
1: that regard, I'd say, you know, maybe my theory is right. We can... I mean, maybe we should get Paul George a freaking uh, a professional stylist.
0: You know, you know. I, I know you don't pay much attention in the Hoops Temple group chat that we have with some of the writers, there's some posters, but uh, due to Dylan's being D- Dylan being a New Zealand guy, we we shared a uh, lot of our
1: favorite our favorite uh, our, our favorite Kiwi. <laughs> we share a
0: lot of uh, Stephen Adams stuff. And one of them was a picture of Steven Adams throughout the years. And there's, you know, babyface Steven Adams, twenty fourteen porn star mustache Steven Adams. And then like twenty sixteens where he gets the tattoo and the hair and you know, that's when he starts getting good. But as soon as he got that fashionable look, Westbrook starts passing him the ball more. You're right, we've cracked Westbrook. You just have to be have to be fashionable to play with him.
1: I I think we literally have cracked Russell Westbrook, accidentally have stumbled upon maybe the key to unlocking his potential as a pass-first point guard.
0: Listen, Sam Presti, don't hire us as fashion consultants. Well, maybe Richard, he's more fashionable than I am, but hire us as idea consultants, because we can figure this out. We'll get you players that will work with Westbrook.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> um, oh, my goodness.
0: Well... That's our Indiana talk for the day. We started with Tyreek Evans and ended with Russell Westbrook.
1: Westbrook. Sorry, Indiana. Oh man. Um let's see. Uh I I was just looking over like the the, the signings and whatever. I have the list in front of me. Zaza Pachulia, one year 2.4 to uh the the your your team. Uh, the Detroit <laughs> don't, don't put, well, not Don't Don't put them on
0: me. They're the physical <laughs> physically closest basketball team to my present location and that is it i don't understand you know their big offseason signings zaza pachulia jose calderon and i guess glenn robinson the third is a good good pickup a little bit of this jose cauldron yeah jose cauldron that's what i used to call him an nba 2k just bring in you know the championship mentality with the the two of them you know deep playoff success and Robinson III is an okay move. He's a good floor spacer, athletic, small forward that can shoot okay. Actually, I think he's a pretty decent shooter, if memory serves. But uh, these aren't the moves that are really setting the league on fire for to try to make that playoff push.
1: I, I, I don't know, because, I mean, Patrulia playing Antetokounmpo more often, I, I mean, he's your boy. I'd be worried
0: if I were you. I am worried. Just I don't want Zaza like,
1: Zaza trying to take out Antetokounmpo no I don't like it Zaza now in the east now Zaza's in the east and Kawhi's in the east yeah like they're gonna pay the the, the Raptors three times this year I think that's intentional Kawhi is just coming back and now he's like of course Zaza's like you know what let me go to the east Kawhi's there I literally just wanna haunt this dude for the rest of his career like Just, just torment poor poor Kawhi ugh oh man yeah. he's not even safe in Canada anymore and actually Detroit is the closest team to Toronto they, they really might <laughs> geographically Detroit is the closest team to Toronto Man, they're gonna have uh, Sazos just gonna be up there all the time just hanging chilling at Quay's apartment or something
0: I don't know gosh if only he'd gone to Toronto um, instead they signed Glenn Rob or not Glenn, they signed Greg Monroe well no, Toronto did that's, that's
1: Toronto signed Monroe yeah
0: that's their big offseason move for the year
1: not, uh And re signing Van 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 uh, what's his name? Van Van fleet?
0: Yeah, Vliet? Right? Yeah, Pred Van Vleet Van Vliet. Know, other Vliet, than that, it's
1: not Fleet. I keep saying Fleet. No, it's
0: Sweetfeet Van Vliet. Try to say that five times uh, fast. I will not attempt that. <laughs> um Uh but speaking of Giannis, uh the Bucks, I told you last pod we were gonna talk about these guys at some point. Because I actually love their off-season moves.
1: You love anything that has to do with honest entrepreneur. Cool, it doesn't really matter what they could have signed. I mean, this would have been a great offseason move, but they could have signed Kate Middleton, and you would have been like, oh, my God, you know what? She's going to bring a sense of uh, regality. No, to... no,
0: no. They already have the best Middleton in basketball, Chris Middleton. He's,
1: he's very average, but...
0: Yeah, you know, I was a little bit disappointed with... Uh... The draft pick of uh, Dante DiVincenzo. I thought Kevin Herter or Hurtler however he's pronounces his last name was drafted a couple. Porter. Of, yeah. He's a New Yorker, right?
1: Porter? I don't I don't I'm not really sure. I'm pretty sure he's, um, he's a New Yorker but I think that DiVincenzo fits into the whole Wisconsin like hard working like you know, hustle guy. Yeah. That's a very much, he's a very much a blue collar basketball player. Yeah.
0: He'll do well there. I think he'll be,
1: he he will do well. Um, I, I very, I mean, them adding Brooke Lopez, you really like that move?
0: So, I think, I think if you're going to run your team with Giannis in there, you want Giannis to be your point guard on offense and you want to be your center on defense, which Lopez can space on offense. Um, and doesn't really do anything for you on defense so Jan still has to be the center. So I think I think if you're going to play a center next to Giannis that's a good center to have is someone who can shoot in space like that and who's a willing passer. I might have I think I'd rather have Pau Gasol from like 2 years ago. Not quite prime prime Pau Gasol because you're not going to get that, but you know, someone who spaces the floor, hits threes, passes. It's, it's about as good as you can expect.
1: Yeah, but also, you know, I guess, you know, bringing Brook Lopez on there, you know, high basketball IQ as well. Mm-hmm. Though not as high as Pau Gasol.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a cheap Pau Gasol. It's a one-year or, what, if it was four million. It's enough that makes me really mad that the Lakers didn't re-sign him and sign JaVale McGee instead. But, yeah. It's, it's a low deal.
1: Um... So let's move to something that I just became aware of that I'm very shocked at, that Kevin Love signed a four year $120 million extension with the Cavaliers. How are you just
0: becoming aware of this?
1: I literally, I tell you, like I, I, I'm very, very, very much like a casual fan in like, the mo- in, in, in most sense of the word. Oh, like, And I don't know, but I don't know how I, I'm usually up on at least like the bigger moves um, with the exception of, like, the players I really, like, follow. But, like, how did I miss Kevin Love signing an extension? I did not get any notification or anything. That's that's big news for, like, the Cavs. Like, this is – I mean, now that they're, like, one of the smaller teams again, <laughs> I guess we could talk about
0: them. They, they are – you know, I actually like a couple of their moves. They took a – they just made a trade for Sam Decker. He's um, not been much, but I still like his game. I think – give him some minutes he might be something uh, they signed David Nwaba who you know if you're going to play him and Sexton in the backcourt together that's a vicious defensive lineup that's just going to be really tenacious you know but why did Love re-sign same reason did. you give him so much money no one turns that down
1: I don't know. I mean, I if I'm Love, I wanna. I I could do well elsewhere. You know, I could still compete for titles. Like, I don't wanna waste these years on a team that. I mean, unless Colin Sexton's the next coming of like, uh, uh, Direct Rose. You know.
0: You no. Know. I I think there gets a point where you've competed for titles, and maybe that's no longer your priority. He he's got his ring. You know, sure, more rings would be great. But he also had to take a major backseat to get there. And I wouldn't be surprised if Love really wants to show that he can still be Minnesota Kevin Love.
1: Well, I'm excited to see it. Cleveland actually might still be
0: quite competitive. I still have them as as a playoff team in the East, or at least competing for it. Um, by the way, uh, side note, how
1: long, how many
0: games do you think Tyler lasts? Ty? Oh. I want to say he'll make it through the season. I'm hopeful that he actually turns out to be a decent coach.
1: Well, now that the band, like LeBron, the uh, central piece is gone, we'll see. Like he kind of LeBron always covers up for all the other, you know, like a good quarterback like Aaron Rodgers or like a,
0: you know, uh, um, <laughs> uh, he can make a bad coach <laughs> but look like a good, good. But I also think he, yeah, I, I think he also kind of ties a good coach's hands. Because LeBron is really the one in charge. The coach we don't really get to see as much. Well, that's why I'm interested to see how
1: much, Luke, how long Luke Walton lasts.
0: I'd ride or die for it's Luke really, Walton. He, he better.
1: Well, we'll, we'll see. I, I, I think that uh, Ty Lue might be the Lakers coach eventually. No,
0: no. <laughs> no, not, not going to be able to do it. You know, Luke Walton was drafted the same year uh, LeBron was. It clearly shows you who is the better athlete. Who is the better player. Yeah. just both members of that 2003 c- class I think I think they'll have that they're in they're common they'll be able to you know stick
1: it yeah. out definitely Um, so let's move Uh, I something that caught my eye Uh, who I didn't even realize was still in the league Uh, Devin Harris <laughs> signing with Mavs he's a Wisconsin dude he's a badger I love him but, and he also was a former net when they were like halfway decent, but
0: he's still in the league. How? Why? Keep getting them checks. If teams are going to pay you to be a uh, a veteran leader. He actually had a moment last season where he was really good on Denver because they just need a point guard so much. Really? Yeah, I'm trying to pull up the numbers here right now. It was, it was two years. No, it was last year where he signed with Denver. Where he was getting almost 20 minutes a game. That's—that's um, that's a bit much if you're uh, if you're Devin Harris, but they needed help. They've got Isaiah Thomas this year, so that'll be good for him. But Harris can Harris will help with transitioning in uh, Luka Doncic getting him used to the league.
1: Wait, also. If I'm correct, didn't Harris play for the Mavs at one point before? This is
0: technically his third stint or third different time signing with Dallas. Wow. Yeah.
1: I was just thinking about. It. I was like, wait a second. I'm. S- I know for sure. I played two K with Harris on the on the
0: Mavs. Oh, which getting get past getting back to my boy Giannis, because I can't go more than oh, fifteen God. minutes without talking about Giannis.
1: Talking about Giannis Antet, Antet- or whatever his name is, Ante to Pembo. Yes. tiki tiki tembo, no Sorembo, cherry berry
0: tree, pit berry pembo. So, this is Arsen uh, Ilyasova's third stint with the Bucks as well. So he just keeps coming back to Milwaukee. He also played last yeah. year underneath Budenholzer. So pairing them back together will probably help help with you know teaching Budenholzer's system to the Bucks and cut down that time.
1: Well, Ilyasova. I've always. I usually like in my two K fantasy drafts. I usually draft him in like the later round. He's like a. He's a. He's a, He's like a. He's probably one of the original stretch fours. Yeah.
0: No.
1: You know, before before it became like a popular thing to do, you know, it was like he was one of the lesser known good bench stretch fours. You know, Dirk was always a like, quintessential, mm-hmm. and then like, you know,
0: Ilyasova. It's not a bad option
1: if you didn't have had everybody else.
0: Yeah, you know he'll. Yeah, <laughs> he can play make. He can create some shots. He was really in, He was actually really important to Philadelphia. I think losing him and losing Bellinelli will hurt Philadelphia more than they expect. So they they struggled oh. early when Embiid would go out. After they got Bellinelli and Illesova, they were able to go on that run without Embiid when he got hurt later in the season, but. Early in the year, without those guys, they were lacking shooting really bad.
1: So, um, uh, I wanted to—I know we're like jumping around. I wanted to touch on. I'm just like literally going through deals, and it came across the former number three overall pick for the Brooklyn Nets that was traded in the uh, trade for Darren Williams way, way back when. And uh, Derek Favors, who resigned with Utah, I I really never really paid attention to him after he he left. He really hasn't really made that much noise in terms of like all NBAs or like All Stars, anything like that in Utah. In fact, like what I heard about what we heard usually hear from Utah is what now last year was Mitchell, it was Carolanko uh, uh, or it was. Hayward, Gobert, anybody, but even Joe Igles, Uh Eagles How do you say his Ingles. last name? Ingles, whatever Pringles, Joe Pringles, and um, but Favors, who was a very high draft pick, like tell, you've probably been paying more attention to him than I have. So uh, elaborate on Favors, please.
0: They've always had kind of lineup issues in Utah of who's going to play the four and the five. They had kind of a log jam when they had Millsap and um, Ennis Cantor and Goldberg and Favors. And they kept kind of cycling through to figure out who was going to be those guys. Favors is a solid above average power forward who's never set the world on fire and probably never will at this point. But Utah brought him back. They brought back Ralph Nato. They brought back Dante Exum, who who I really like.
1: Did you say Ralph Nader? They brought back Ralph Nader? Yeah, they Nader? brought back Ralph Nader.
0: Oh. <laughs> uh, not like Neto or Neto, or, you know, backup point we'll guard. We stick
1: with Ralph Nader. Ralph Nader, that's great. He's a, he, Ralph Nader is a backup point guard to the
0: United States. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it, it's, it, the, the, Utah brought back their own guys. Running it back with how good they performed last year, you know, nothing wrong with doing that. I would have liked to see them try to make one more offseason acquisition. If they could have brought in Tyreek Evans, that would have been huge. Um, but,
1: you know. Definitely would have helped Donovan Mitchell. Yeah,
0: take take a little bit of load off. Frankly, you know, if they could have even signed into Isaiah Thomas, that would have been big. Just, just another score. But, you know, we'll see how good they can be again next year. I have to say, it's really, really cool. The fact
1: that for the first time since, I guess, Darren Williams that the uh, best player. In Utah is black again. <laughs> it was Hayward, Williams, and before for a while it was Karolenko. Yeah. And then after, obviously, before that, it was my boy KM. So. I don't, um, I don't know. Both. I think uh,
0: John Stockton was better.
1: Uh, I mean, Stockton is amazing. I mean, I I count them both equally. Like equality, absolutely. They're both the same. Like
0: ranking in terms of the they line. should be a combo yeah. ranking as opposed to any individual accolades. They should just be able to pool it's their true. statistics and awards in any sort of all time. And make ranking. them
1: one super player? Yeah. Make them one super yeah. player. Yeah.
0: You yeah. Know, they never they they rarely existed aside from each other, so if you combine the two of them, they're, they're pretty good, except for they still have no rings.
1: Range mains. Range mangs, range
0: well, speaking of um, no rings, uh, let's go to Anthony Davis's team. Oof, that was a low blow. <laughs> you like that transition? Undeserved. Hey, I wrote. Undeserved low blow. I wrote like five hundred words on Anthony Davis today, maybe more. Um, yeah, really, all what he needs is rings. He statistically and awards-wise will already and always be considered an all-time great at 25, but he's got to start winning, or else it's just going to look like a really sad all-time great performance. Uh, His team brought in Julius Randle. He had a good bounce-back year last season. Uh, Alfred Payton, who's a bit of a reclamation project, you know, (laughs) to to say anything nice about him.
1: I can't say anything nice about him. So, I, I yeah, reclamation is, is as good
0: as it's going to get. Well, and then their <laughs> other big move is Jaleel Okafor.
1: Which is... which, I, Oh, my goodness. How does Okafor keep ending up in these logjam situations
0: at Power Force?
1: Like, the dude can't catch a break. Like, he's going to be
0: playing behind Randall. Like... He's going to be behind Randall, behind Davis, behind Miritich. Like, is there no one like, that will why? give him a shot? It it just, it's
1: ridiculous. This move this move makes no sense, I think, if Okafor, if he's trying to really salvage his career. Um, you know, I think that he could have found that there, there are teams that have a gap of power forward that he could have ended up landing with.
0: I mean, did his agent give Chicago a call? They seem very happy with Jabari Parker, who has now publicly stated that he's not being paid to play defense. His exact quote, oh. I'm not here to play defense. I'm not being paid. Like, that uh... Isn't the I mean, like...
1: Okafor also from Chicago?
0: He might I'm be. I'm pretty sure he is.
1: I feel one of the Okafors sure is from Chicago. Yeah. No, no. Jaleel before is from
0: Chicago. I'm pretty sure. Let's see, yeah, high school. Uh, Whitney Young in Chicago. Uh, born in yep. Chicago, Illinois. He did go to Duke, so I think he's now in North Carolina.
1: Sure, but he was he was raised in uh, he was raised in Chicago. Well,
0: frankly, you know what? If you're in North Carolina, go after him. Why not go back to the Bobcats? Who are the Bobcats going to play ahead of you? Or not the Bobcats? Sorry, the Hornets. Frank Kaminsky. Yeah, my point exactly. Go play ahead of Frank Kaminsky.
1: Don't hate on my boy Frank. Frank yes, he, uh Okafor was born in Arkansas, but he went and played his high school basketball in Chicago. He, what I think is going to happen is when Jabari Parker no longer pans out, they're going to sign Okafor, and Okafor will be their next Chicagoan person that
0: they'll try to the redeem. <laughs> um, and then after that, they're going to go sign Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> two quick Frank Kaminsky notes. One, also a Chicago-born person, or not Chicago, Illinois-born. And I have no idea where Winfield is, but still Illinois. Uh, two, not the best Frank the Tank. The best Frank the Tank is Will Farrell in old school. That's the real Frank the Tank. Will Ferrell. Um, that's actually all the really kind of small market teams that. I'd listed out here. There's a couple other really minor moves, but uh, if your team didn't make one of these past two podcasts, yell at management, not us. They should make better moves.
1: They really should make better moves. Really, nothing really more to note on here as far as that.
0: I I sent you the list of like my top five available free agents still. And it's, it's kind of a sad list. We've got Nick Young still out there, Jamal Crawford who has been in talks with Golden State for a while, but hasn't seemed to come into anything. Rodney Hood, David West, and Corey Brewer. You know. I mean...
1: Yeah, I don't know if any of those people are going to... I mean, they'll eventually land on the team. Crawford, for sure. Swaggy P, I don't know. I mean, I'll sign Swaggy P. Let's just bring him back to L.A. They should, because he will win another championship. He is the the reason the
0: Warriors won that. I mean, you know... Him and Lance Stevenson and Rondo, can't you just picture them all going out to, you know, a Famous Taco or Del Taco or just somewhere for tacos to hang out with JaVale McGee? Be a good time.
1: Good old Del Taco. Gosh, be ridiculous. I, I had a, I had a, I had that for the first time uh, when I went to L.A. Um, this was in September, at the end of September, I had a, had Del Taco for the first time. I was like, you know what? Why not? I'll try it. It's, it's not bad. It's not bad. I, I would maybe have it again. But maybe. Keyword. Mm-hmm. I think I like Rubio's a lot
0: better. Mm. Um, We've got a food truck here called El Oasis.
1: Fantastic. Yes, and that. fantastic. You w- I wouldn't think you can get really great tacos in Lansing, um, Michigan, man. but yeah, I'd, I'd be mistaken. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would be mistaken. Oh, yeah.
0: Uh, the other... So, Basically, the only other exciting thing going on in the NBA right now is the the schedule has been released.
1: Yes, the schedule has been released. Now, I had sent you that, that link, Nathan, about this, the different things that the teams do mm-hmm. to release the schedule, and I thought, credit to Chicago, I, I'm a huge like transit, I love like trains and maps and all that kind of stuff. They converted the Chicago L train map into the schedule, and the different color lines are the month of the year, and then the stops are the games. And it, it's absolutely—if you get a chance to check it out, please do. It is, it is visually awesome. Yeah. ES- and I thought it was very, very creative.
0: ESPN is running a uh, running in an article called or about uh, about how each of these teams has announced it, and I think Chicago probably took second behind Atlanta. Who who did their uh, their Spotify playlist for each of the games, which I think is clever and very up Atlanta's alley. They've done this in the past, but Portland's probably a close third. They they did a mock Oregon Trail game for uh, for each of their games, you know, to, to kind of display the schedule. So that's that's. I thought that was that was quite creative. Um, so, let's. Uh...
1: I guess dive into some games that we want to see, or you know, the I mean, ESPN have highlighted you know some can't miss games and things that we're looking forward to. Also, the Christmas Day games came out as well.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know where you want to start. Well, let's let's start with Christmas. That's a nice easy way to get it. Actually, you know what? Let's let's start at the beginning. Let's you know, opening day. What all we have going on opening day? Starting off in October for this year, middle of October actually. Was it the sixteenth? Yep, sixteenth. The NBA season starting earlier
1: now for the what the second.
0: Yeah, yeah. They've cut into the preseason, moved training camp up. You know, we'll see if it has the same effect as last year, or where uh, the idea is that you're able to space it out, and actually, I want to say it was either Woj or Shams. Has already analyzed the schedule and declared that there are fewer uh, back-to-back games this year. I think he said they're down to like thirteen point something per team on average. Oh no, it was uh, it was Ben Gallover who tweeted it out. we were down to thirteen point in three back-to-back games. There are no more than fifteen back-to-back games per team, or no team with at least fifteen back-to-back games. Uh, there are no instances where a team plays four games in five nights. Uh, and there are less instances where a team would play five games in seven nights. So, you know, it's it's gotten... Being more spaced out is more beneficial now.
1: That's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, I'm just scanning the schedule looking at... Uh... I've been, I've, been, I've been looking at a ticket price just for the opening week. Um, the lowest one I've seen is Atlanta at Memphis on Friday, October 19th.
0: Nine bucks. Yeah, yeah that's probably not a big seller.
1: Let, let's, you know what? Let's go to that game.
0: Nine dollars. Well, I, it. I was going to save this for about 20 minutes or maybe 15 minutes later, or whenever we get basically done with this conversation, but I've picked out a game for us to go to. Ooh,
1: we're going to, yeah, we've been trying, we were thinking about doing it last year, uh, doing a pod, going to a game and potting in that city, maybe near that arena somewhere. So,
0: Uh, what game have you picked out i I've got
1: two options. If it's Antetokounmpo, I'm done. I've got two
0: options for you. (laughs) Um, One's going to require me to take some time off work, but I'd much rather go to that game. So, the first option is to go to uh, Toronto versus Memphis on January 19th. Um, Not the sexiest of days, but I have the day off work because I've got a three day weekend because it's MLK Day and it's in Toronto, which was our original plan to meet up for a game. Oh man, Canadian, doing a Canadian podcast would be, I would cry. Be the best. Oh. Yeah. It would be, it'd be awesome.
1: So you said January 19th? Yes. Those tickets are still going for 65 bucks, right now. Well, you know. <laughs> it, it's expensive. That's crazy. So, well, I mean, look, t- seeing basketball in Toronto, there's a lot of people because they're the one team for the whole country.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they're, they're always going to be in high demand. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how valuable that franchise has become.
0: And the second option so, was that we meet up in Philadelphia for a Saturday, January 5th game. Between the 76ers and the Dallas Mavericks. See Luka Doncic. Ah, uh, I'm I'm going to Croatia in less than a month now to go visit and meet with Luka Doncic's people. Not officially, I'm just going to go hang out with his countrymen in in the beach for a while. But uh, I, I'm really excited for Luka. More excited than I should be.
1: That could be a lot of fun. Ooh. Philadelphia's a fun city. We have some, We also have some. We also have a good friend
0: there. Yep. Shout out to Rena. Good one. Shout out to Rena. Rena's amazing. <laughs> um, queen of Queen of Shake Shack. Queen of the Shake Shack. She runs that.
1: She is. She she is the queen and I don't know. She's the greatest shacker of all time. She is. She is.
0: The opening day games. We've got Philadelphia at Boston. Oklahoma at Golden State. Are you all surprised that is not uh, not Houston and Golden State to start off the year? Doesn't that seem a little bit more fitting? It should be, you know what I mean? The, the, that should be the game, but... Or Los Angeles and Golden State.
1: The, the fact that they're not having LeBron open this season is really...
0: really upsetting. No. LeBron doesn't play till the third day of the season, and L.A. versus Portland... I don't know, I feel like we could have gotten a more exciting game. Uh, of, you know, Any game with any sort of connection between the two teams...
1: Oh man. I, mean, I would have preferred LA versus LA that would have been better you know yeah uh, LA versus LA LA, LA I think, versus I think, Cleveland and the fact that LeBron is opening on the road is interesting as well yeah the fact that he, yeah I, I mean him opening on the road I, I I think that that's peculiar because the NBA had a real you know, I, don't know. I read an article and they said and I agreed with it that the NBA had a real chance to like do something special um his first home game won't be until... till the 20th against Houston. That's true, and that's going to be an incredible game Mm -hmm. because Carmelo... Well, did Carmelo officially sign? Carmelo has officially
0: signed, um, and just to add some fun rumors, uh, it's been discussed recently, or I guess I should say I've seen it talked about and discussed, that LA may try to make a move and sign Dwayne Wade. So... Dwayne Wade
1: hasn't re-signed in Miami. Dwayne Wade
0: is still a free agent. Wow, he should have made your list of free agents.
1: Eh, I think I'd take Corey Brewer over Wayne Wade. Uh, but uh, if Wade comes to free... Oh my goodness, if Wade comes to L.A., they are winning the title.
0: That's it. It worked out so Miami well for him in a- Cleveland.
1: It worked out very well for him in Miami. Yeah. Um. By the way, the lowest ticket price for that Houston-L.A. game, $281. Dear God. 200, LeBron has... It literally, Laker games just got so much more expensive. I don't
0: actually know if they up ticket prices, because courtside seats for Laker games have always been over 2500 And dear God, I would love to sit courtside at Staples one day, but I don't know how much money I'd have to be making to justify that expense.
1: I mean, it just, you want I think if you're going to do it though, you've got to do it while LeBron's playing on the team. I
0: think if I get cancer, that's when I'll do it.
1: Oh my goodness. Let's, let's not.
0: Oh, when let's, I get diagnosed God with a terminal forbid, illness, that's when I'll invest on, and spend my money on courtside Lakers tickets.
1: It'd be an incredible experience, man. You'd see LeBron. I think you'd probably cry. I mean, you would also cry because you have a terminal illness, but I
0: mean, you would cry out of the joy of seeing LeBron. Uh, I I am really excited. Friday, October 19th, we do get a Boston-Toronto matchup, who I I just want to see is Kawhi in uniform. Uh, And if he is, if he's going to play this year, which all indications seem that he will play, that could be a preview of the Eastern Conference Finals, and I'm really excited for that.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, Kawhi, maybe. Maybe Kawhi. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. Um, and that will be the beginning of an era that uh, will be very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the, uh, a more... I think even bigger game on the schedule. I hate to, to, to play into your Giannis, but Indiana and Milwaukee is going to be very fun to see Oladipo and co. beat the Bucs at
0: the Bradley Center. You know, I have to ask this, but what are your feelings about Philadelphia this year? Because I'm not getting excited for their games. I don't feel... They, they technically are one of the youngest teams. But I'm more excited for like the young up-and-comers of Milwaukee and Indiana than I am for Philadelphia. But I don't feel like they're a legitimate contender to win the East like, Boston or Toronto, I feel like they're in that middle ground where I'm just not as excited.
1: I think that last year was their, like, surprise year, but, like, you know, losing the Boston the way they did clearly showed they have a very, very long way to mm-hmm. go. And, I mean, they really, really got me excited when they re-signed J.J. Redick for a lot less than they were paying him the season before. I mean, that was, like, their, you know, I, I just don't think that they really had done enough I mean maybe they feel like they don't have to touch the team maybe they feel they're in a good place but I don't think they did enough to kind of excite I mean the fan base or even me or you yeah. for, for that matter um, and to kind of like continue their progression to becoming a contender I don't think they did enough no. a- and I mean I'm really not looking I mean honestly I'm not really looking forward to watching them play maybe I lo- I'm looking forward to them play the Lakers mm-hmm. but it's more because I want to see LeBron play them and that's about, that's like really it. Like, I don't think that, they think Boston-Toronto, like you said, is going to be much more compelling than
0: Boston-Philadelphia. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's, you know, so. Uh, I think there's a lot of room for disappointment in Philly, and I don't think there's a, a high upside. If you make the finals, awesome. If you make anything less than the finals, was it really a, a win season? You know, I guess making Eastern Conference Finals would be more than I expect, but. I don't know. I just feel like they're they're in a bad place where they have to manage expectations and can't really outperform them.
1: Sure. Um, let's go back to some more Christmas Day stuff. Okay. I know we usually usually jump around. Uh, I apologize about that for our listeners. Um,
0: so. So more Christmas Day stuff. Christmas we get bucks mix, which, if Chris if Christops is back great. If Kristaps isn't back... Well, look,
1: well I was going to say, I mean, that should be on another game that you would maybe want to come to. Christmas Day in New York. Come come, stay with me and come see uh, the Bucks play the uh, Knicks. That would be incredible. That would be a good time. Kristaps, by the way, Kristaps will not be back for that game. I, then um, I, don't sure.
0: I don't understand why it's on the schedule then. Like, why is that a marquee Which is, game?
1: I don't... I mean, it's, it's the 11 a.m. Well, 12 a.m. game. 12 noon game. I'm, I'm in Central Time, so it's showing everything Central Time right now. But, it, it, that one does definitely perplex me. I mean,
0: uh, because you touched on it earlier. Bucks, Bucks Pacers. That's the game that it should be right there.
1: Or Bucks, I don't know, Bucks Spurs, or any, I. don't anything
0: like... Bucks Raptors? They've played each other the past two years in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, anything it would have been much, would have been a lot better mm-hmm. than... Bucks Knicks, especially if the, the highlight we're gonna see is um, the ghost of Joakim Noah, uh, the ghost of Charles Oakley, and Kevin Knox. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's just um, you know Mario Hazonia so, uh, and Kevin Knox versus Giannis and Chris Middleton doesn't. It's gonna be really interesting. Doesn't sell the needle.
1: Um. I oh yeah. It doesn't really move. Yeah. Uh, they should really they should use flex scheduling like the NFL does and move that game uh, to another day not Christmas I mean I know they want like the main reason they put the Knicks on there is because one they're hoping that they're gonna have that that big market team back in like a a marquee position but I think that the Knicks are just not there yet if you want a
0: big market team throw Chicago out there at least they have young players we can be excited for
1: yeah, Markinon is a fun player. You know what I mean. You got Jabari Parker. You know he's making twenty million a year. I, I Wendell Carter Jr. might
0: be okay. Uh, he looked great in summer league. You know, Zach Levine's a, a, a giant overpay, but he'll you know what you're gonna get. He'll be solid, bare minimum, done. You know, it, give us something. This I can skip the Knicks game. I know I can just tune out that game.
1: Well, I will be definitely sleeping and/or drinking and, and not watching that game. I will not watch that game, absolutely not. Um, but all the other games on the schedule actually are pretty solid.
0: Yeah, and um, yep. You know, Oklahoma, Houston. Carmelo. You get the Carmelo uh, effect. Yeah, the Carmelo effect. I mean, New
1: York's still feeling the Carmelo effect. That's why that game's irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's really sad. It's very, very sad.
0: Philly-Boston, it'll be a fun game, you know, provided health, Lakers...
1: Yeah, that's really, at the end of the day, what it's going to be with, like, that that Mm -hmm. whole Philadelphia-Boston thing, like, I'm skeptical that, like I said, that Hayward and, uh, like I've said in previous podcasts, that Hayward and or Irving are still going to be around and healthy for that, but, um, yeah, we'll see. Lakers... I think, honestly... Lakers-Golden State is going to be the best game of the night. Oh, absolutely! Which
0: is, you know... Absolutely. Well, actually, I think Portland-Utah might be a better game just because I expect the Warriors to kind of blow out L.A. I don't think that's going to happen. You don't think they'll blow them out?
1: Nope. I do not think that's going to happen. I think that LeBron... It's going to be a great game down to the finish. Okay. I really think that we're in for a treat. That that game is going to be phenomenal. Um, Portland-Utah... I mean, I don't really. I guess it just looks like
0: a filler game at that point. Uh yeah, you know, you got Damian Lillard versus his um, Donovan Mitchell. It'd be a fun game.
1: Yeah, I, I would rather see. Uh, personally, I'd rather see Utah versus Denver. Or, you know, I, I really like Jokic. Um, and, um, or any, I don't know. Just. They could have put them there. They, they had, they, 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 there's ten teams here. And, you know, I can make an argument that three of them shouldn't be here like playing on Christmas mm-hmm. Day. The next Portland or Utah. Milwaukee, I can guess, you know. But New Orleans would have been a more compelling team to play on Christmas Day. Um, for sure. I think that even Cleveland would have been a more compelling team to play on Christmas Day. But... I don't know. Yeah, uh, if they if they were gonna put like a like two young teams like Phoenix Utah, let's see Ayton or like I would be like Sacramento and uh, Phoenix, you know Aiton versus Bagley, Bagley. It would have
0: been nice to get a, a rookie showcase game. You know, yeah. E- even if you're gonna do Atlanta versus Dallas, just to be a like a, a who won trade Trey Young versus Luka Doncic,
1: that would have been a great Christmas Day game. That really should be... How would it benefit?
0: Honestly, I think that should be an early season game. Even, like, you know, December's probably early enough still. But, man, that's not going to make a good March game unless those guys are both playing well.
1: But if they're both healthy, yeah.
0: that also would be a big deal. Yeah. Well, I think... That, you know, that about covers it for the schedule because, you know, as we touched on a couple times, with even just the Christmas games, which are only a month, two months into the season So much depends on health. So, I really hate trying to get excited for games. I'm just looking ahead because you never know who's going to be healthy, who's going to be resting.
1: It's true. But anyway, uh, I think this wraps everything up. All right. Yeah. Pretty much. You know, I think we're going to do another one in in a few days. Uh, We're going to talk about. We crafted some mat line for it. Uh, Maybe touching on, you know, one of those. since it's the off-season, one of those fun topics.
0: Yep. Um, yep. We've got a few uh, anyway. a few filler pods to get us back to the regular season and planned and discussed out. So uh, we'll be back at you guys soon. Absolutely. This has been another edition of the Hoops Temple Podcast. You know, Like us, follow us. We're, we're on Facebook. We're getting some more likes there. Uh, if you ever want to do a question, I love doing question and answer stuff. It would be really fun to have on the podcast. Shoot us an email, hoopstemple.com, or just drop it on our Facebook feed. He is
1: Nathan Schwartz.
0: That I am. I am Richard.
1: I am Richard Blum. That you are. And thank you guys very much for listening, and uh, we'll be back very soon.
0: All right, catch you later, Richard. All right, see you